Matic. Becky, great ball in. Ellen White for Manchester City. joining me on this season preview of MCW Fancast, one of our season highlights when we come to do the podcast, looking ahead as to what will hopefully be a successful season campaign. I am joined by some of the committee members from the official Women's Supporters Club. I hope you're all keeping well, guys. Would you like to go around and introduce yourselves? It's Blandy here, um, uh, the Supporters Club uh, chair, and obviously as I always say, the idiot with the drum in the stands, although the, not at the moment. <laughs> yeah, not at the moment. Hello, it's Jane here, branch secretary of the OSC. Lovely, as always, to talk to you, Emma. Hi, guys, it's Dave, uh, OSC committee member, and as many listeners from Emma's podcast know, I've come on throughout the season with the travel info and the game previews. It's great to be back for another season. Hi, everyone, Jude here, branch treasurer for the OSC. Um, and great to be catching up with you all. Looking forward to a new season. It's been what can only be described as an eventful summer. <laughs> um, guys, I mean, newly appointed manager with Gareth Taylor, player departures, as to be expected, player arrivals, incomings, outgoings, pre-season well underway for the preparations of the Barclays Women's Super League and our curtain raiser on Saturday against Chelsea. How are you guys feeling now as we're really starting to look ahead to the start of the season? Well, it's it's been a long it's been a long preseason. Obviously, with the last season finishing the way it did, um, everyone a bit unsure for a while what was going to happen. Um, and then obviously the league decided as it was. All plans. I'm sure the club will have had plans for summer tours and everything. Obviously, all that was cancelled. So they went ahead with the appointment of Gareth early. I think to give him the summer to work with the players and as you say so far what we've seen and um, the training sessions have all looked good the pre-season results so far have looked great we, we, we look like we're ready to go really but all positive as positive as it can be and it, obviously what was a very difficult situation for every club this this summer I mean are you looking forward to seeing the team back in action now given obviously the length of time is it just a welcome return now to, to seeing teams get back to the game and watching uh, games again we want to be back in the game ourselves you know at the games the fans as soon as possible but obviously only when it's safe so you know hopefully that'll be as soon as possible uh, following all the guidelines and everything but to have the games back yeah is brilliant because we were very worried weren't we that you know this could have gone on a lot longer than it has done in terms of no games so me personally i'm pleased to see it back and the sooner we can get it back to normal and get us all back at the game safely the better from my point of view i think uh it's gonna be a i think we're gonna you know start off so well and it, it'll just continue we've got a strong squad that was before obviously the american girls came on board and then we've just we've probably got the strongest squad in the in the league and uh, it's going to be exciting uh, um, I think it's going to draw in the fans as well, so it's going to be pretty good. I mean, what about you, Jane? I mean, for the moment, welcoming fans back into the stadium, as we said, it's under constant review at the moment. 
Um, some games, but not all games. Some have been selected as potential test events. But with Greater Manchester under local lockdown, it does seem a little bit more complicated and complex with looking at a return back to the academy stadium. But I mean, when it's safe and safe to do so, like Dave said, I'm sure City will ensure that the safety of the players, fans and staff is, is paramount to that return as well. And it feels at the moment, it's almost like a game by game situation. There's little information at the moment, but it does seem that things are trying to move into a positive sort of direction. Yeah, definitely. I think it's moving in the right direction, you know, and I trust in the club that they'll get us back when we're able to get back and they'll put everything in place that needs to be in place. Like you say, in Manchester at the moment, it's a little bit more complicated. So we might find that Manchester isn't used for any of the test events that start off. Hopefully by the time we get to actually getting fans back into most games, the, the local restrictions will have lifted a bit more then. So it'll be a bit more of a kind of level playing field for us. And we can uh, get back to doing what we love. And Jude, I mean, how have you been with the news, news and the announcements over the summer? I mean, we've kind of touched upon uh, Gareth Taylor already, but, you know, we've lost some players as well. Uh, Tessa Willard, Matilda Falgo has left the floor, and the Bizzle move on to Bristol. And uh, Lee has gone out on loan as well to Brighton for a season. What have you made of those transfers, and and how have you sort of how can you summarise their time at the club? Bit of a mixed bag, really. I mean, I guess if we focus on Lee first of all, I mean, she clearly hasn't been getting any match time at uh, at City. So to have that opportunity to go out on loan to Brighton, I think is really good for her. Um, she's going to get first team football under Hope Powell there, and. Yeah, hopefully come back to us and, and, and got a lot of minutes and experience the WSL under her belt. With, with Mathilde going, doesn't really surprise me, if I'm being honest. She she very rarely played either. Yeah, I mean, it was very clear last year she wasn't in wasn't in the plans, whether that was due to fitness, that you know, there was obviously a preference to play out-of-position players in, in the right-back position. It makes you ask that question why though really doesn't it I mean it is a bit strange to obviously see a player come in in a preferred position and like you said to see those players drop into that role as well I think it's fitness her, her speed you know when we did see her play and even sort of warm-ups warm-downs you know that you could see players who've done 90 minutes and you know were still faster doesn't help from a motivation point of view either but mm. I think you know if you want to you want to progress and you want to be playing for your national team in Portugal. You know, you want you want minutes. I think, obviously, it's good to see Esme back as well, Esme Morgan. Um, you know, good, good year at Everton. So hopefully that will translate onto the pitch for us. And yeah, Chloe Kelly, exciting young player. I think with Kelly one side, Lauren the other. Got some, some cracking attacking force there. The two US players that have, that have come in as well, obviously, Mewis and Lavelle. Very exciting, you know. Once we're back and we're in the stadium, I'm sure that will draw some some extra extra people to come and watch the games as well. Um, so so yeah, it's it's all looking very strong, and transfer season's not over yet. Who knows who else might might come along? But yeah, I'm very excited. It's it's probably one of the strongest squads we've ever had. We just want fans back in the stadium when it's safe to do so, so we can we can actually watch this these exciting games firsthand. Yeah, definitely. Got to talk about Pauline Bremer as well. I mean, the contribution that she made to the club last season. She's now obviously gone out over back to 
the Bundesliga and Germany, and she's in a Champions League. <laughs> she's in a playing in the semi final. It's unbelievable. You know, it, it's great to obviously see her involved with that and already tasting potentially, you know, success with the club. You know, she's just great for her, given, you know, I'm not going to delve too much on the injury woes that she had, but. You know, she had such good form towards the end of last season for us and she contributed massively to the team. It's great to obviously see a player sort of going on and, and really contributing to Wolfsburg as well. Yeah, it's a shame, shame she's gone. You know, she, she was great for us last season. Obviously, wish her all the best. And uh, yeah, like you say, she potentially could be lifting a Champions League trophy in a few days' time. Like, and I still just can't get my head around it. Like, you know, the, the football obviously resuming for the women's side of things with the, the Champions League uh, and those quarterfinals at the weekend. And now obviously we're looking to the semi-finals. And like you said, the final at the weekend, it is nice to just be enjoying the women's game again because it's almost just been sort of not swept under the rug, but kind of forgotten about during this sort of pandemic a little bit. And now sort of like with the hype of, you know, essentially the, the NWSL players that have been sort of attracted to obviously coming over to WSL. I mean, who thought that that would happen? I mean, did you ever think that we'd be having like a squad with like two World Cup players? I mean, it's pretty unbelievable, really. And, and Rose Lavelle and Sam Mewis, I mean, and, and Sam Mewis all debuting in pre-season. I think um, I said earlier, well, a few months back that, you know, um, when there was rumour of of other players coming to back to the you know club and all that sort of thing going on, um, the the WSL is such a close for you know league and so it's it's going to attract players and it started to attract players now obviously in the US there are a few things going on in their league but you know when the players started going to other clubs. Uh, and then obviously we've got uh, two players. It, I think it's because it's so good. Our league is so good. Barring that, you know, the time that we sort of romped it, <laughs> um, literally it goes to the wire. And for a player, that's got to be, you know, what you want to, you know, you know you've won the league. You, you know, you've, you've formed. It's not sort of like, oh, you know, we're winning each game 6-0 or... 5-1 or you know it you have to fight to win the league and a sports person wants to you know be able to stand up and say it wasn't easy but I'm the best and as you know as a club that's whoever wins the league or whoever wins the FA Cup or any of the any of the trophies and I think the Americans like that you know they're they're, they're brought up to just uh, want to be the best and I think the WSL is possibly one of the best leagues at the moment. Do you think some of that belief of believing that you can actually go on and win, you know, do you think that that is something that potentially could be a positive thing in the changing room for the players, you know, that sort of mentality of, you know, yes, we can do this and, and that bit more confidence? Because we've seen in some of the big games, so let's look at sort of like the derby and, and the FA Cup final where, you know, those first half performance wasn't that great and it almost took us, you know, until the second half to sort of to settle into the games and sort of just coming out with a little bit more positive play and 
and that belief that we can, you know, take control and play our game, play it the way that we want to. You know, it's it's getting there. I think slowly we're starting to see it in the England squad. So hopefully, given that we've got so many of the England squad in the City squad, that, that it will start to, you know, really sink in. I think for me, the proof will be next season because the, the US national team players and, and a lot of the top players are only coming to the UK and Europe because there's no NWSL this year. So, and for, if you're in the US national squad, you've got an eye on the Olympics. So they want to be playing regular first team football. So it's great that we've got them here for, for this season, but for me, it's, do we keep anybody? Does any, and that's not just for city, it's across the board. So, you know, can we sustain that? Can we keep people here, you know, to show, yeah, we are a good league. You know, it's not, we're not just the top two teams in, in France or the top two or three teams in Germany. But as Blandy said, it's a very, it is a very strong competitive league. Yeah. But yeah, keeping that building and, and keeping those top players here is, I think, will only help it push it further forward. And Dave, I mean, were you surprised that um, when Mewis and, and Laval came in, they came on in on one year deals with that optional extra year? Um, not really, because as Jude pointed out there, you know, the situation in America, that's sort of like, lends itself to that those those deals are lending themselves to the situations they find them in they've got the eye on the future but you know they might come over here and love it i know i know i saw someone uh saying that i think it was mewis that had consulted carly lloyd at some point and talked to her about city and things like that um obviously when they get here and they see the facilities the club have got and what they can offer on a daily basis but you know it's top notch and that's got to be a selling point as well so I'm not surprised. And like Jude said, it'd be interesting to see how it pans out. No one can see. You might come over and absolutely love it uh, and want to play for the extra year and things like that. But I think there are rules that come back into play and everything. So it's difficult to know. Um, it's positive, though. It's, it's great players playing for your club. It can only be a win-win situation for both us and them. Um, another great signing, as you said, you mentioned before with Chloe. Chloe Kelly from Everton. She was one of the best young players in the league last year. And we did need to sign a striker, as you, as you alluded to. We lost Pauline, who scored a lot of our goals last season. And I think we spoke at the, at when we reviewed at the end of last season, um, losing Pauline was, was going to be a blow. She needs to be replaced. Hopefully, we'll have Ellen fit for the full season, which we didn't have last year. So, with those two up top and the quality that we're going to have feeding balls into them, you know, I think, as the guys have mentioned, we've got a very strong squad. Mm. And, you know, it, it could possibly get stronger, hopefully, yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, Jane, are you excited by the signing of Chloe Kelly and what she can bring to the squad? You know, potentially a young player. I mean, she contributed so much to Everton and yet she did have like injury worries as well, sort of during the season. So, I mean, I've got uh, 11 appearances in the league and, and nine goals. I mean, that's a good turnaround. Yeah, she's a, she's a massively good player. She loves to strike a ball from anywhere outside the box, inside the box. Um, she's got a great goals to game ratio. I'm really excited to see her play. And, you know, having the likes of Sam Mewis putting balls into it. I mean, if anybody saw that ball that Sam Mewis put in for Lauren Hemp the other day, that was that was cracking. If you haven't seen it, I suggest you go and watch it now. Um, but that was an absolute great ball. So if you think for our strikers to be on the end of, of play like that, it's it's really positive. We kind of alluded to sort of Chloe Kelly was the sort of player that we'd like to see come into the squad, let's say. Uh, it wasn't really rumoured, but 
it seemed to be a good fit given you know her youth and that she would be sort the type of player that City could work with and develop. When you look at someone like Chloe, you think, yeah, she is the kind of player that in the past we would go for. She fits in well with kind of the way we would play. Um, she's a young player, which we like to seem to buy young players and kind of develop them and, and develop their career and develop the way they play. And she just she's a really nice fit the way she plays football to what we do. And and like Dave said, I mean, you know, we missed Ellen White really for sort of half the season. I think it was was it about December, uh, January when she came back. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, if you really think of Ellen's contributions and what she gave us, you know, I mean, I think if, you know, we'd have had her from right from the start of the season, I think she could have most definitely been one of the the top, you know, goal scorers for the WSL this season. I mean, I think she could, and she could be a strong possibility again for next season. I think you're right there, Emma. I think last season when Nick was in charge, I think Ellen was his, um, his marquee signing that summer. Uh, and then unfortunately, he lost her till... I think it was like November, as you say, before she played. It was certainly end of November, December, until she was fully match fit. And then she was brilliant the second half of the season. So to have her for the full season will be great. There's a couple of other players that were out last season that, you know, we mustn't forget. You know, Aoife Mannion was injured early on. Um, Megan was injured. Yeah. These players that are still part of this squad now, and this is like we say, you know, it's such a strong squad. Um, injuries are part and parcel of football. But hopefully we've had our fair share of them and this season we won't see as many. Yeah, I mean, it looks as though Megan Campbell and Ethan Mannion look sort of in their final stages of rehabilitation and look as though they could make an early appearance at the beginning of the season. Those pictures of them training, honestly, that really cheered me up so much. Obviously, really great to see. I mean, Ether obviously, with an ACL, you know, they're the sort of injuries that obviously take a, a good long recovery and... You know, she's been quite open with with her recovery and sharing that with fans on social media, on her Instagram and stuff. I mean, you kind of feel that you've been with her going through it right from the very start, really, don't you? I mean, it's always great to welcome players back to the squad. But like you said, this season, it, it looks as, I mean, we talk about depth, but this season, I mean, we cannot say that we have not got that depth available to us this season. I mean... We've got like nearly enough two players for every position. If obviously the rumours of Alex Greenwood and Lucy Bronze, if they do obviously come off, then you know there are the positions that you know that we haven't got the cover for at the moment. But essentially, we could have. I mean, it really does give us a lot of options, especially at this time where you know we're trying to manage fitness and and all those aspects that have obviously come into this through this pandemic. And players getting back to fitness. How, how do you feel about that, guys? Like, are you are you quite happy? I mean, I've kind of said for me, it's it's probably one of the best squads we've ever had. I've not even mentioned KB. Well, yeah, KB. KB's well, yeah. back yeah. training, so you know we didn't have KB at all last season. So to see her back in full training, um, she's going to be champing at the bit to be retain, trying to retain that number one spot. It's going to be a big fight between her and Ellie. Uh, yeah. which is great. You know, we've got two top-class keepers. And then we've got, Thier, am I pronouncing it correctly, Thierp, as she been a mere Thierp, as, as our third keeper as well. So, yeah, having having the backup for all the spots is, is great. That's what we need. You know, yeah. if we're fighting for all these and different champions, uh, all these different competitions, we need it. And it's healthy competition as well, though. It's good to have that in the squad because it keeps everyone on their toes. And, yeah. you know, 
you, 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 you know, you're gonna, you're gonna get the best from the players if they, you know, they're fighting for places. I was just gonna say, yeah, it keeps everyone kind of really fighting, and it keeps that competitive level up as high as possible because they know if they drop, there's somebody else just as good as them waiting to get into that space, and they might not get that space back in the team if they let it go. So it does keep a really good level of kind of, I'm gonna play to my best, I'm gonna train my best, I'm gonna play as well as I can in each game. It's a good to have that kind of level of competition. Yeah, I think it's having that strong bench as well. I think we've we've sort of said that over a couple of seasons. Sometimes there's not necessarily a really strong bench available, and that could be due to to injuries as well. But you know, I'm I'm hoping that when we get our first team sheet out, uh, even on on Saturday, that you know, strong team, <laughs> but a strong bench as well. You know, game changers on the bench. The, th- the thing is, obviously, I think at times last season. Um, we would have seen a bit more rotation if possible, but it wasn't available. Certainly, like, I'm going back to when Nick was in charge here. Maybe for Conti Cup games, he might have wanted to play, but there just wasn't the depth in the squad due to injuries and what have you. But we've got a lot of games this season. We're gonna, we've got to finish last season's FA Cup. We're hopefully going to have a better run in the Champions League. Then you've got your, you know, your domestics, and we start on Saturday with the Community Shield. There's a lot of games, so I'm sure that he's going to need the full squad. And like I said earlier, we had our fair, fair share of injuries and hopefully if we can stay more injury-free this season, that squad is, is formidable and it could even be added to before we start as well. So Yeah, I feel, I do feel you right though about this the rotation uh, aspects. I do feel we're going to see a lot of that this season, you know, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing either. No, it keeps people fresh. As Jane said, it keeps them hungry. They know that someone, if they don't perform, could be in their position. It can, it can only be a good thing. That you can't. I, I'm a firm believer that you can't have too many good players. Uh, I'm going to go a bit deep now, guys, but <laughs> I just want to know, uh, really. I mean, how happy have you been with the the club's approach and the team's approach with adapting to the changes that the the pandemic has has presented? Um, I think the club have done, you know, everything that they can do in this situation. The club themselves and the team are governed by the government guidance that come out so they can only do you know so much in that sense i think you know they've tried to keep us informed where possible there are still things that decisions haven't quite been made on yet um which kind of allude to us going back to stadiums and when that will happen and kind of what the the way that will play out but I think until some of these test events happen, we might find that we don't find out that information yet and we don't really know. It might be more of a short-term thing that you get to find out what's going on. And how do you guys feel about going back to the stadium? I trust the club to do the right thing. I think they've done the right thing right the way across. Um, this afternoon, I've just watched the chairman's interview on the website and you know the club were asking him about the, the, the challenges of, of, of dealing with, with the pandemic right way right through, right from the start. And... The club seem to be doing the right thing for me and looking at everything and evaluating everything and making sure that safety is is the priority. So for me personally, once the club say it's safe, they'll have things in place, we abide by them and it'll be safe. So yeah, I trust them. I think it's also the fans' responsibility to be sensible. You know, when when we do get the chance to go back and be in the stands, we we you know, we're responsible to keep everyone safe, you know our fellow you know fans obviously in the build-up to the summer and, and obviously before lockdown as well 
City had uh, successfully managed to retain many players, many of whom have had a really positive impact on the squad last season. Latest additions to the team that looks to be settling in really well as well through the pre-season that we've seen. Do you feel that City really are hungrier, more hungrier for the success this season? Well, yeah. I mean, City as a club want to be challenging for every trophy they're in, whether it be the men's team, the women's team, the youth team. They want to be successful. So, yeah, I think we're always hungry. I think we're of the firm belief. I believe we could have won the WSL last season if it was played out to completion. I think we could have won it. Uh, as it was, you know, they had, it got cut short. As we know, it was awarded to Chelsea and congrats to them and all that. But I think that might have, a, you could argue that might make us a little bit more hungry to, to show that we've, you know, we're, we're champions quality. Um, but I think that was there anyway, because I think we do try to win everything that we're in. And I don't think that's changed. And I don't think, you know, we've got, we've got, Players like Steph and Jill, who've been there and seen it and done it at the highest levels, and they're winners, you know. And, and the players we've signed are World Cup winners. So, yeah, I think I think you know the, the hunger is there, but it's always been there. Yeah, I think after having two early exits from the Champions League has really kicked them on, and obviously with the curtailment of the WSL, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll never know what what would have happened. You know, it kind of it is what it is, but you know, it must be frustrating for the players. It's frustrating for us as fans, but you know, you you accept it and, and you congratulate Chelsea on the awarding. But yeah, it's it's this. You only have to look at the statement signings. You know, two World Cup winners coming in, um, backed up with the squad that we've got. You know, if that's not a statement signing, I don't know what is. You know, it's it's just backing up everything that City have said how committed they are to to the women's team. Um, and they really want that that WSL title back again. Hopefully, we'll have it in our hands by the end of next season. Steph was speaking to the media in the week, and I think even she said that you know they believe that they could have gone on and done it. And I actually do as well. To be to be honest, it was a really well fought sort of season towards the end, and it's a shame that we couldn't get the conclusion. But I think this season it will just add a little bit more edge to it. Um, I mean, obviously, new additions to the WSL this season. What are you expecting? Me personally, I'm thinking, obviously, you would start with uh, the top three, be you know, Chelsea, ourselves, and Arsenal being the three favourites. But there are other teams in there that are improved. I think Everton are a team that have drastically uh, had a good summer and improved. So they're in there. You know, you've got United, you've got Spurs. All these teams are improving. And I think that's the overall quality of the league improving. And football being football, we all love it for what it is. And that means anything can happen. So, it's, it, as Blandy said before, it's a very competitive league. And uh, I think it'll be an exciting league to watch. And I think it'll be very close again. But I think we will be up at the right end of that league, going for that title. And I think we've got every chance of claiming it. Mm. Um, but, you know, I'm sure that Chelsea fans will feel the same. I'm sure that Arsenal fans will feel the same as well. So, but that all makes for a great league. I mean, it's a little bit early to say, but <laughs> I actually believe we're going to win it this season. And I'm going to stick by it. I actually do. I think for not even before really we brought in, you know, the players that we did, I, I, I just got a really good feeling. I, you know, I was really happy with the football that we played last season. I really was. And, you know, and I think it was only really a matter of, of strengthening where we needed to and, and bringing those players in and I've I've liked everything I've heard so far from Gareth Taylor for me he's, he's on the right page and I think if, if we're all on the same page you know players included which I think they will be I, I, I really do think that 
you know, we can evolve this team and, and get them winning, you know, big, big trophies again. I agree. Um, Gareth's, Gareth's background at the academy was similar to Nick, successful as well. The, the under-18s team that he managed, the men's under-18s team, won the Premier League Cup the last two seasons. Predominantly playing what we would turn the city way as well, which we like. Um, football, you know, football out from the back and good passing being a very important thing. And I think Gareth is, it was a great appointment. We said this at the end when, he, when we had the podcast when he was appointed. I think he's a great appointment. Uh, I think it provides continuity as well. The backroom staff are the same as Nick's. I think that's all important. And as you say, Emma, last season, when that league was cut short, we were top of the league. All right, Chelsea had a game in hand. So we weren't doing too bad with the team we had and we've added to it. That can only can only be positive, I think. You know, we've we've got to be up there. You know, I think most people would probably put City as favourites at the moment. Um, so I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> I'm not even made them. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. But it's Steph said that we're challenging for, did you say six? Five or six? six. Yeah. Count the FA Cup twice. Six. Two so we've got two cups. FA Cups. Community <laughs> Shield. Two FA Cups, Champions the Community League. Shield, the Champions League. Yeah, is that six? Yeah, six. Well, look at that. The treasurer can't count. That's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, had, we did a poll uh, on Twitter earlier today saying, <laughs> Steph quoted in the media saying this week that the club needs to be winning trophies. But how many trophies do you think we'll win this season? Uh, 28% have said all of them. <laughs> I, don't <laughs> think that, I don't think that's that bad. Three to five. At 30%, uh, one to three at 34%, and zero was 8%. But I can only assume that that was United fans that were voting. Yeah, so thanks for getting involved, guys. Um, <laughs> I, w- I would just really like to, to for us to win silverware again. I really think we're good enough to win the Women's Super League this season. I most definitely want to have a better run in the Champions League uh, this season, for sure. And obviously the Cups as well, you know, because obviously yeah, we, we love Wembley. We, you know, love a good day out, don't we? We always look back on the FA Cup with fondness. So, mm. you know, if we can have a good run um, domestically, that would be great as well. But what, what for you guys is important for you as fans this season? Champions League, we're going to win. <laughs> no, uh, the league. But we'll be there for the Champions League. I just know it. I think the club will obviously say the priorities would be the um, the WSL title and, as you say, a real challenge in that Champions League, a real go at it. So that'll do. But we'll take it. You know, when it comes to it, we take any game seriously, don't we? You know, the club will win everything. So me personally, I love a trip to Wembley. I'd love to see us win that title back, get that WSL title on the shelf. That would be, if I had to pick one as a fan, that would be great. But yeah, a Champions League run would be fantastic too. Yeah, I'd go along with the WSL is what I'd really like to see us win this year. And actually, it's what we will win this year. I'm not on the fence. We are going to win the WSL this season. You heard it here first. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, to me, the, the league is kind of the pinnacle of what you want. It's where you play your football week in, week out. So you're looking that, you know, you can be lucky and win cup competitions. You can't be lucky and win the league. Chelsea were. <laughs> Janet's actually sent in a really good question while we're on the topic um, it looks like we're building a really strong squad for this season I have always had belief that we have 
at least two top players for every position and we can really compete at the top level. How do you think that we will now compare to the likes of Leon, Wolfsburg, etc., to be more competitive in Europe? Well, I mean, it's difficult, isn't it? Because those are those are the top sides, possibly in you know, certainly in Europe, they're the top sides, you know, knocking about. So, yeah, it's difficult to aim, but you've got to aim at those at those sites. Um, and as Jane said, the bedrock of that for me is consistent success in your own league, and it's a strong league as well. I, I honestly consider the WSL to be a strong, certainly competitive league. Um, so if we can dominate that, I think success in Europe and you know certainly further runs in that competition will come naturally because we've got better players who are successful and you know we breed a winning culture. But I think the bedrock, as Jane said, is you week in, you week out, win league games, win that title. And so yeah, as we said earlier, adding to the squad with the quality we had can only add to that hope. Um, the Champions League is the Holy Grail, but it is it is tough to win, obviously, because you're playing against the best sides, you know, that are out there. In in the two you mentioned straight away, um, Leon, Wolfsburg, they've been doing it for years. Mm. Um, they're always there or thereabouts. It would be quite helpful if we could avoid Atletico Madrid in the first round as well this year. That might help. Well, it's, it comes back to that. Well, you know, you beat anyone at any stage if you're going to go on and <laughs> go on and win that old nutmeg. I mean, hopefully, Atletico. Atletico Madrid will be in the top half of the draw now from a coefficients perspective. So that means that we we might avoid them for a couple of rounds. Um, but I think the other thing is WSL is still subject to a salary cap. So if you look at our squad and we've got a you know a really good squad, but we're still capped. So we can't go out and spend however many hundred thousand or you know that Leon can and. I don't know enough about the German league, but so I'll use Leon. But you know they can go out and spend a lot more money on on players that we can't do in the WSL. So you know whilst that is still there, that is also is always going to be a factor. Um, and uh, the and also, sorry, I'm just looking at Jane's hair on. The <laughs> sorry. Um, so um, um, yeah. So. You know, I think it's a case of good squad. We need a good run. We've proved we can do it. We've been to the semi-finals twice. Uh, we've beaten Leon in their background, in the back garden as well. Um, so you know, we know we can do it. Um, and I think this year we've got a really good shot of a, of a good, of a good run in it. But yeah, the league, the league's your bread and butter all the way. You know, you see the likes of Barcelona, Atletico, really sort of doing quite well in the Champions League now. You know, and uh, PSG and really competing and I think it'll be interesting to really see how it plays out I mean this tournament not not <laughs> not the next when it gets underway but I mean I watched Leon the other day and there wasn't anything that really made me think that we could play them and, and do really well against them you know I, I don't I don't think they're potentially as strong as they, they were and obviously I know factors of you know fitness and everything do come into that but I haven't. I felt that for a while. I definitely think we can definitely compete with the best of them, but I think we need to put the performances in to show that we can. And I, and I still don't believe that the performance against Atletico was as good as it should have been. Disappointingly, and I think they know that as well. And 
they have this season in this summer identified those sort of areas that we needed to strengthen and, and hopefully brought in the right players to help us get to that point. Oh. November is it this year? So you know, there's a couple of good couple of months playing. You know, so from a fitness perspective, the team should be fully fit, match fit, raring to go. So we've had some questions from some fans on Twitter. Yance has asked about kits this season. Obviously, um, the third kit yet to be unveiled, but I think we've got a good idea of what's going on with that one. <laughs> the Paisley kit. What, My granddad's pyjamas kit. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. I know I think, it's a throwback to the, the 90s dancing, but it just reminds me of my granddad's pyjamas. Yeah, I think I think it was a City Extra podcast that actually compared it to, <laughs> to COVID. <laughs> yeah, COVID under a microscope. Um, yeah, not, not great. I, I think, obviously, when it does get unveiled, it, it'll look a bit different. But, yeah, so far. Um, what have you made of the new kits for this season? And which kit do you think City will wear? against Chelsea oh, I think they've got to wear the home one surely because the away one is probably too close of a clash to Chelsea's colours and I can't see us rocking out in the uh, microscope virus kit but they might do well you never know I think it'll be the home one I, I really like the home one I like the mosaic yeah. um I said when they're playing in it on the pitch you don't even notice the white lines in it, it just looks like a blue shirt but I like it. I like, you know, what it means to City and what it means to, to Manchester. So I'm a big fan of the home kit. Yeah. If you look back, when we, when Chelsea played at our place last season, they wore their blue kit. We wear ours. There's no clashes there. So I would think we wear the home kit on Saturday. But I love it. I love the uh, away kit as well with all the Castlefield arches and the, you know, the lovely, like, bronzy gold lettering and everything. Yeah, I really like the two new kits. Third kit, not so much. But they're going to like the third kit last season either. So... Nothing new there. It's better than some. <laughs> yeah. If we play in the third kit and win games in it, then we'll all start to like it. So exactly, yeah. Fickle like that. Do you not think like the the last few uh, third kits have been really love or hate? Yeah, yeah. very yeah. much so. I think the designers use it as a way to just kind of be a bit creative and put something out there that they could never put on a home or away kit, but yeah. they have a bit more free reign to be able to just do something mm. a bit. I do love the way that City tie in the heritage aspects of the kit to Manchester. I I, I think it's really classy. I think it's something that they've done really well over the last two seasons. Yeah, I do. I I really, really like that that second kit that we've got this season. Um, Yeah, it's really classy and it it looks really, really smart and looks smart from a distance because it's nice and dark and whatever, but close up all the detailing in it and as you say the heritage that's involved in it and as Jane said with the home kit the mosaics anyone long-term City fans know mosaics a big thing right back to Main Road and everything and the ones in town so yeah it ties into the city and to the club I like them both. Um, Lucy would like to know what do you think our greatest challenge will be for the upcoming season as we potentially try and win six trophies I mean we've we've touched off on that obviously just now but what do you think will be the greatest challenge is that lucy, lucy bronze was it or no it's not lucy bronze no <laughs> <laughs> stay in focus stay in focus to it you know once if you do do something like win the fa cup in you know end of october then it's you've got to stay focused because actually the next fa cup's coming right around the corner this time you haven't really got time to celebrate it and time to kind of enjoy the moment as such so for me, I'd say it's just, you know, staying focused and, and doing the job they've got to do. Amelia would like to know, who do you think will be our player of the season? 
Who will be our top goal scorer and who will provide the most assists? Goal scorer. It's a tough one. I'm gonna yeah. go with that. I really, I, I'm just. Do you know? What? I'm gonna say hemp <laughs> for the goal scoring. Yeah. Okay. She's always there, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I would have gone with um, Emma Bonner. Then. <laughs> I would have been well, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, assist. I, well, I'd like to say, but um, I'll go. Players. Go on. Are we doing play of the season? Because you put that on, didn't you? Yeah. That's a hard one. Um, I'm not too sure. No, I, I think it might be the person that's not available. <laughs> He's made Blandy speechless anyway. We've got so many yeah. good players that Blandy <laughs> okay, is struggling to answer the question. Can I, can I answer the question after the first game, please? No. <laughs> we come out. back and ask you at the end of the season, Blandy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Moving on. Has <laughs> right. anyone, anyone played properly yet? Go on, go on, Dave. <laughs> I, I, I'll answer it, Emma. Oh, right. God. Most assists, Lauren Hemp. Player of the season, Lauren Hemp. Top goal scorer, Ellen White. That's my predictions. Mm. Fair enough. Oh, okay. yeah, wait. And I've got goal of the <laughs> goals, Ellen White. Assists, Sam Mewis. And player of the season, Lauren. But if somebody else joins later in the transfer window, they could be in for a show. Tell you what, though, Sam Mewis, obviously, she played 45 minutes on, what was it, Sunday? I want to say Sunday. Yeah. Two assists, one goal in 45 minutes. I mean, that is a good start for a player that's not had much training opportunity with the team. She trained yeah, with them on Saturday, right. wasn't it? I think it was the first time, and then obviously she'd had 14 days quarantine prior to that as well. So, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's, it's really impressive that considering, like you say, she'd not she'd barely even met up with the squad before the game. Mm -hmm. So to rock up with two assists and a goal in 45 minutes, maybe I'll change my answer to <laughs> Sam Lewis, Sam Lewis, and Sam Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I, I would really like to see um, Ellen White. Right up there as as one of the top goal scorers. Yeah, yeah. You know, obviously for what she contributed last season, I certainly think that she, I feel that she can really contribute goals again for us this season. Um, it's good again that we've seen a, a good spray of goals even in pre-season, and Chloe Kelly's uh, contributed quite a few goals as well for us. So that's great <laughs> to see. And Bonner again. I, mean, <laughs> I don't even know how she does it. She's just goal machine. Yeah, fantastic. Um, I've seen a, I've seen a video of, of Rose. I uh, only watched part of it, and she's she's good looking good. She could be up there, goals or assists. No, uh, so dead impressed. Yeah, she, she uh, there's a lot a lot of people have got a lot of high praise for Rose Lavelle, and I think if you you know if you watched the World Cup, then you would have seen you know the type of player that she is, and she's still young and. You know, you know, adaptable and you know, develop and grow her game as well. Which you know, I love it when we get players coming in that, that really want to grow and, and learn and develop. So, I think that to me is, is always really good to hear. And I think at the moment, I feel like we are going through a little bit of a transition, and it almost enables sort of the new players as well to sort of have their sort of chance to fit in and, and not just sort of come into a squad that has sort of 
you know, been playing together for a while, but you know, we 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 are going to look to be trying new things. And obviously, Gareth has talked about sort of some of them sort of new ideas that he's put put upon the players, and they've already sort of taken a lot of it on board. So that's always good to to see and hear as well. I think I remember watching Rose in the World Cup and. You know, it's, when when it said that we were interested in her, it stuck in my mind that I'd been impressed with her watching her uh, play for America in the World Cup, and you know, so I was really pleased when I saw we were linked with her. So as you say, yeah, it's 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 quality to have such such good players coming in and wanting to play for your club and and all that. It's great. It can only, as I said before, it can only be positive. I can't wait to get to see them play. Actually, I'm yeah. really looking forward to it. Mm. Although actually, I think um, the OSC are taking credit for the signing of Chloe Kelly. Because a couple of seasons ago, a very young Chloe Kelly, when she was injured for Everton, sat next to us at the press box. And uh, I think Dave might have spent the day telling her what a great club we were and how brilliant it was here in Manchester. So I think uh, if that goes well, if you know, if that turns yeah. out to be a really good signing, uh, then uh, Dave's the one to thank. Whatever fee she's getting, Dave, you need to take a cup. Yeah. <laughs> Did you give yeah. her a badge? Uh, I, I did. I, I mind. I think I minded the phone at half time as well. So you know, you know, those, those things are always remembered. So obviously, we look ahead to Saturday in the Community Shield. A trophy for me with football heritage. Um, it's great to see it return for the first time since two thousand and eight. Final preparations are underway this week. Are you looking forward to it, guys? I mean, it's Chelsea. It's a you know, it's going to be a big game, really. Can't wait. Absolutely, well. really looking forward to it. I'm really surprised that I've asked this question over the last few years a number of times. Why? Why it went? I mean, I'm a bit like you, Emma. I, I call it the charity shield. Um, <laughs> I I'm surprised I didn't say it then. So, to be fair, <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, it you know, it's just, week. it was always a charity shield when I was growing up, and I call it that now by by mistake a lot. But yeah, I was surprised that the, it wasn't around because it is a prestigious game. It's a you know, traditional curtain raiser. They're having it at Wembley this time. I'm not sure. Maybe if if, if crowds were in, it wouldn't maybe possible to have the two games at Wembley. You know, the, the women's and the men's because that would mean four sets of fans. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I hope it's back, and I hope it's back to stay. And it can be a, it can be a prestigious game. And it's one of those things as a fan, the, the Community Shield. Um, if you win it, it's a trophy, isn't it? It's a trophy on the cabinet at the start of the season. It, you know, it's a positive. If you lose it, fans tend to brush it off and say, oh, it's only a friendly, you know what I mean? So, you know, but for me, it's a trophy, get it in there. And like you say, Chelsea at Wembley, you know, it's a big game, live on television to the nation. So it's a good advert for the game as well. And it is being shown um, in the US as well, apparently on SPN. So we're going a bit global. Great, yeah. Well, it's like I say, it's, it's a chance to, for a good advert for the for the. Uh, the WSL league as well, then globally. So yeah, let's make it a showpiece. If it's anything like that three-all game last season, it'll be a belt, won't it? I don't think I could go through that again. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally, don't think I could do that again. That I was an amazing that. game of football. That <laughs> whoever you support, you yeah. had everything that game. No, so if it's anything like that, yeah. I Has mean, anybody seen what the trophy looks like? Is it a replica? Is it the same as the the men's? The advert for it that it they've the been old using. One? The advert has been a trophy that looks the same as the men's trophy. I believe. I don't it. know if that's because the people doing the yeah. advert don't know what it looks like, so they just <laughs> 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 not calling them amateurs or anything. 
if they you if they're using the same trophy from 2008 it's it's pretty much a replica it does it does differ ever so slightly with the crest in the middle of the trophy but i think that is literally the only difference it is the same shape all right good so, good because we put it on the badges <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, we, we don't want a product yeah. recall <laughs> no, that would be a, a, a PR disaster. <laughs> Did you not see what happened with Tokyo 2020? <laughs> um, it's going to be good, actually. I mean, from obviously plugging the supporters club, but we're doing our own. We're doing a watch party as well for our members, so it's going to be great to see. Hopefully, quite a few join join the Zoom. You know, with it being being on uh, the BBC. I thought, as well. I thought you so said join the Zoom. Then I was like, that's a bit. Of <laughs> <laughs> animals. Ooh, animals. Not seen it for ages, man. <laughs> zoom, not the zoo. <laughs> no, it sounds really good. It's it's great. I mean, given obviously the circumstances, it's great that you can still have that fan involvement and that fan engagement. And a lot of you know, we've seen with the Premier League a lot of Zoom <laughs> fan parties, watch parties, and stuff. So. It's great to see it carries on and that fans can enjoy the games together as well. Yeah, I reckon if it goes well, Until we, we might have to do it for the Villa game as well. It's a shame that's being played at Villa Park. Yeah. And the Villa fans must be gutted. Yeah. yeah huge opportunity. Yeah, I love the Villa ground. It's one of my favourite grounds, you know, because it's so, so traditional. Like, I, when I always think back of, like, like football when I was younger, like going to the grounds with your dad and you know stuff like that, and walking up the steps and stuff. It, I I just think it's and it's never lost its kind of appeal. You know, it's historic, and I think they've kept it. You know, it, it's always been in keeping, and they've never really tried to modernise it. It's just a really nice ground. Yeah, it is. It's a nice ground, Villa Park. It's a nice, good stadium. I can't let you go without getting a prediction from you for Saturday. What do you think? 3-1 to City. Uh, I'm going for a 2-1 win to City. 4-2 City. Oh, oh, oh that sounds <laughs> <good>. <laughs> I, I'm going to go for 3-0. I was going to go 2-1, but I'll go 3-0. Three, three I, um, I thought 3-1 as well. Uh, I'm with Blandy. Um, I just hope it doesn't go to penalties. No, 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 I was just about to say that. Yeah. Yeah, don't uh, win on penalties. Nobody likes to lose a game on penalties, and especially when there's no extra time, uh, which we didn't realise the other day when I spoke to Hannah. So I'm, I'm really confident that we can, we can get our first piece of silverware. And I think what an achievement that would be for Gareth Taylor with his first competitive game in charge. Yeah, it's right. it. first, right. first game in charge. There's a strange thing I've seen on Twitter today that, that Chelsea haven't played any pre season games. Is that true? Well, I was going to kind of mention it, but I did, I did kind of have a look and I really did struggle to find any kind of information surrounding Chelsea's pre season. So it could be true, but then I would find that really hard to believe. I believe there was one game that, against West Ham that did get cancelled. You know, usually someone might leak the resort or at least say that they're playing, but there doesn't mean to be anything. So unless it's been really close-knit, which I find really hard to believe, and if they have, then they've done a really good job of it. It is, it is a strange one if they've had no pre-season. Maybe they've just had them all really private, you know, at, 
the training grounds and things like that. But I'm sure they'll be ready to go on Saturday. I mean, they've, so they, they've it'll been be a close game and tough game. Fantastic. Yeah, I mean, Chelsea have been relatively quiet over the summer, and there's not been much social media yeah. activity. Um, they haven't seen much of them in training. You know, the usual videos or photos or anything like that. Yeah, there's not been really much put out there by Chelsea, so it's quite interesting and I think a lot of fans have said how sort of disappointed they are that they haven't really been doing all that much on social media yeah I mean it doesn't really say obviously much in terms you know (laughs) their preparation I mean that behind closed doors I bet (laughs) you know you know what Chelsea are like they're relentless so I'm I'm sure they'll go into it as prepared as possible, you know. Well, they've got they've got quality players, haven't they? I mean, they've got you know. I, I speak about this every time we play them. Say, oh, who to watch? And you know, you've got your Sam Kerr's and people like that. But it's G. G is such a good player. With year in, year out, she makes them tick. Whenever they play well against us, she plays well. Especially so, against you know. City, she ticks against. <laughs> she ticks oh. against City. If we. Can avoid giving her many free kicks on the edge of the penalty area. That would be great. That is key. Absolutely. You're listening, sister. If you're listening, any of you, please, please don't give any free kicks away on the edge of the box. That would look like that would be literally the first thing you say in team talk, right? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't give away free kicks. Just give us a, the details then of the Zoom party so fans can tune in if they want to. I will be sending an email out. I don't know what day it is now. I'll be sent. You'll have an email <laughs> that will have all the details that you need to join in with the uh, watch along. So just click the link and uh, come and join us. Right, guys. Well, enjoy the game on Saturday. Uh, here's hoping, like I say, we can pick up our first silverware of the season. Uh, it's just great to have the players back. Uh, and back on the pitch so we can enjoy some football again. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting the season underway. I'm giddy as a kipper <laughs> about it, to be honest. Uh, it feels like a long time coming, but I can't believe we're actually here now. Thank you for keeping us entertained over the summer with everything that the OSC has done in, obviously, these times. It's not, obviously, the way we wanted to sort of get back to the football, but these are difficult times and we will get there eventually and I can't wait for us all to enjoy a game together. Yeah, it's going to be great to see everyone. It's, it's good to have Sunday. you back as, as well, Emma, in the podcast. It's great to have the podcast because it gives the fans a voice and it's, you know, it's really appreciated. So, yeah, let's all enjoy the season and come yeah. on City. Cheers, guys. I'll see you all soon. Dave, what's the Twitter account just so um, fans know where you are? It's at mcwfc underscore osc more than welcome to have a look on there it, it, it details all the stuff that we do on the osc is usually up there and and uh you know we tweet out quite often when we're doing things and watch alongs and giveaways and all sorts so anyone's welcome to follow us on there Fashion. all right guys we'll speak to you soon see you Emma. thank you bye, bye. 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 bye.